Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive the support for your dreams so that you have courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado. And today we're going to do a workshop to help you avoid conflict when it comes to shared work also known as chores. We'll identify five conversations you can have to create clarity between you and your sweetheart when it comes to chores. I'll give you some sample scripts you can use, and I'll give you the two words that will help prevent conflict. Do you and your sweetheart tangle about shared work? When David and I got married, I asked him, what makes you feel like a family, Dave? The answer was easy for him, vacations. But for me, I feel like a family when everyone is gathered around a singular task and we're working together for a common goal. I feel like a family when everyone's sharing a chore, like chopping veggies for dinner or taking 15 minutes together to do a household spiff up. If there's a snack time or bubble gum involved, even better. Do you see chores as a place to bond, or do you see them as a task to complete and quickly move on? You might answer this question differently depending on the chore in question, right? There are several factors that will cause you and your sweetheart to argue over chores. Let's take them one by one. Number one, reality check, otherwise known as Don't be the dope who doesn't see the work. The first reason you and your sweetheart might argue over chores is a simple reality check. If your sweetheart has never done a particular chore, the time and effort that chore requires are invisible. Consequently, your sweetheart never notices. What tasks are you oblivious about that your sweetheart does behind the scenes? I had a client who cleaned out the fridge, wiped every surface and cleaned up all the condiment bottles. It took him a long time. And he said to his wife, check it out. The fridge looks like new again. He was so proud because they bought that fridge seven years before, and he thought he'd just done the once in seven year clean. Now, the truth be told, his wife had just started a new, more demanding job about six months prior. And while she was still maintaining some of her chores, cleaning the fridge hadn't made it onto her list. I think she would have been grateful for the clean fridge had it not been for her husband erasing her work for the past six and a half years. That's great, she said. I, however, have been doing that job monthly since we bought the fridge, she spit at her husband. It's embarrassing to realize there are tasks you've been benefiting from for years and you never once knew your sweetheart was taking care of them behind the scenes. This is the typical tangle when one person is oblivious to a particular task. You can imagine that an interchange like this one is really bad for a relationship because now my client, who just spent two hours cleaning the fridge and was so proud, is now demeaned and erased by his wife. In fairness, his wife feels like her work of the last six and a half years feels invisible. Like all those years don't count. Neither of these people feel like they won, even though the fridge is now sparkling clean. 
even worse, the clean fridge, rather than being something they celebrate together, whoever cleans it, now becomes a site of friction for the remainder of the time they share it. When I heard this story, it was five years after this incident. They'd still been holding on to this moment with the toxicity of their exchange poisoning their marriage. This is not what you want, right? I mean, obviously. The first task for gaining harmony when it comes to sharing chores is to see each other's efforts. There's so many ways to do this, and we'll talk about a couple today and more in future episodes. Shared work is unavoidable if you live with your sweetheart. You both use the same front door and toilet, so how do you divvy up responsibilities like cleaning, shopping, cooking, and more when both of you benefit? Even more importantly, how do you become aware of everything your sweetheart's doing that you're getting the benefit of? so you don't have a refrigerator moment, feel like a fool, and poison your relationship for years to come. Some people like the Marie Kondo method where you get everything on the table all at once, and other people like to take things in small chunks. In this section of the podcast, you might want to download my worksheet about chores to help you navigate this discussion. You can download it at Rebecca Mullen coaching.com backslash resources. I'll link to it in the show notes. And if you're using this podcast like a workshop today, take a moment now to discuss with your sweetheart if you want to proceed with the Marie Kondo method of everything everywhere all at once, or if you'd rather approach chores that are shared slowly with maybe the three most argue-producing tasks or the three easiest tasks and then circle back later to continue the discussion. If you do want to dive into the deep end to create a list of chores in your household, it will help if you and your sweetheart each make your own list of all the chores you're aware of. This will help you in later sections of the podcast. I'm going to take a moment now to set some expectations because this kind of conversation often produces hurt feelings and more conflict instead of less. So decide now that number one, you're both going to arrive at this conversation with the most open mind you've got. That number two, kindness is the most important element of this discussion. And number three, create an abort, abort agreement so that if the conversation gets overwhelming, you can circle back later. Next, I invite you to put a time on both your calendars that you will return to this discussion. This way, if you need to abort or you want to continue a discussion about chores, you already have a time chosen when you will circle back. You might be tempted to skip this step, but don't. If you've been arguing for chores for some time, the person in your pairing who feels like they do the bulk of the work will want to stay until the entire conversation is completed. I've been waiting and waiting to do this. We are going to finish this conversation. You need to remove the pressure of that feeling. And that's what will allow you to do it by getting a follow-up date on your calendar. Because when there's a space reserved to circle back, it's much easier to not over reach. Overreaching can cause a fight because one or the other of you has burned out. And here's a caveat. If chores have been the main source of conflict in your home, 
and you want to get a little win under your belt before you go tackling chores that have caused that huge division, here's my suggestion. Start with three or four of the simplest, least contentious chores you have. Maybe you say, leaving the cabinet doors open is a pet peeve of mine, even though I leave them open too. Hey, sweetheart, would you be willing to be the cabinet door police and make it your job to keep our home feeling more buttoned up by closing cabinets? I know this sounds ridiculously easy and so small as to be inconsequential, but if you've tangled over chores for years, you have some patterns to undo, and a small win can really help you to navigate your way around the tough conversations. I'll have a later podcast episode dedicated to how to change years of patterns when it comes to chores, so stay tuned for that. Since I'm mentioning staying tuned, please use those three little dots up there in the corner of your podcast app and follow my podcast so you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, it would really help me if you'd send a link of this show to your friend. When it comes to arguing over chores, you don't want to be the dope who doesn't see the work. Then the second thing that will help you stop arguing about chores is to examine who benefits from getting a chore done. So number two way to stop arguing over chores is to examine who benefits from the chore. Otherwise known as don't be the schmuck who benefits but doesn't lift a finger. For many years, I loved decorating for Christmas. It's a big job, but it made me happy. Since I bond by doing chores together, I wanted help, hanging lights on the tree and stringing popcorn. But those jobs didn't appeal to my husband. He didn't enjoy doing them, and this job felt like drudgery to him. There were years I felt lonely doing the Christmas tasks by myself, but I would have felt more lonely not doing them at all. I realized that I benefited from the task undertaken, so it was worth it for me to do it alone. Then one Christmas, I ran out of steam. I didn't decorate really at all, and our house lacked that cozy Christmas feeling. That turned out to be a pivotal year for my husband. He realized he'd been benefiting all those years from living in a house that felt special occasion intended. But because he'd never gone without that feeling, it hadn't really occurred to him to help with a chore he didn't particularly like. Once he spent a Christmas without decorations, however, he's been happy to help ever since. Meanwhile, through the years, Dave realized that he valued a cleaner bathroom than I do. He's a tool guy who thinks everything that's wrong is fixed with the correct tool. He realized he wasn't going to walk to the other end of the house to get the cleaning supplies, so he just bought an extra set of cleaning supplies for the bathroom, an extra cleanser, sponge, and toilet brush to keep in the bathroom, and then he just scrubbed the bathroom when his radar alerted him. The bottom line I'm trying to point out is to notice what benefit you're getting for and largely try to solve the benefit ratio by doing the tasks that bring you benefit. However, it's also important to notice what benefits you're reaping without effort. When your sweetheart has a higher standard than you do about the bathroom, you're going to benefit from your sweetheart's hard work. So don't be the schmuck who rides on your sweetheart's coattails without contribution or gratitude. But the worst offense you can make in this category is to be a saboteur. 
Want to know if you're likely to be a saboteur? Here's a quick quiz. When your sweetheart asks you to participate in potting plants to make the porch pretty, are you most likely to say, A, why would I do that? Or B, I'm not really a porch person. Or for that matter, I'm not really a potted plant person. Or C, that sounds like fun for you, but I had other plans for my day. Can I be the person who makes a fancy cocktail so we can celebrate your pot garden at the end of the day? If you typically give an answer like A or B, you are veering into schmuck territory. You don't need to join every chore your sweetheart suggests, but be kind. Be appreciative that your sweetheart is making your home and thus your life more lovely, more convenient, or more prized. To avoid tangles when it comes to chores, ask yourself who benefits. You might realize you're the person who likes potted plants on the porch or twinkle lights at holiday time. And maybe those things aren't so valuable to your sweetheart. If that's the case, do the task because you want to do them. Then enjoy the beauty you're growing in your home. When you notice yourself, you keep resentment at bay. However, if you notice that you benefit but you're not very willing to participate, then I suggest you join in. You may not be thrilled your sweetheart wants to clean the bathroom every single week, but you never have to dodge the mold spores as you shower. So suck it up and be grateful your sweetheart provides the motivating force to get a task tended and completed. In general, it can work for people to specialize in the area that matters most to them as long as grave inequities don't accrue. Now, if you're using this podcast like a workshop, pause here and add to the workshop you downloaded at rebeccamullencoaching.com backslash resources. Fill in the column about who benefits from a particular task or simply answer the following questions. As you look at the list of jobs you've created in step one, now determine who benefits. Is this benefit something I value? Ask yourself or your sweetheart how you'd feel if it never got done. All right, number three, the neutralizing power of thank you. At the beginning of this podcast, I promised you two words to help prevent conflict. These two words are thank you. Whether the job is invisible or you're not sure you benefit, a thank you goes a long way to creating harmony in your home. So the third reason you and your sweetheart might tangle over chores is that there simply isn't enough gratitude. In order to reduce conflict, say thank you more, a lot more. Sometimes I get self-conscious because David and I are constantly saying thank you. Is our marriage a festival of sappiness? I ask myself. But we've consciously grown those thank yous over time. I realized a long time ago that I don't mind doing most of the chores I do, but I want credit. (laughs) The thank you from him shows me he noticed. I thank my husband because it keeps me from keeping score. When I thank him, he benefits, sure. But it's also a way for me to tell myself, Rebecca, you're not the only one contributing here. There's lots of things Dave is doing. You're just not seeing them all. When I thank him, my brain, 
My brain that's tempted to keep score relaxes, and his invisible work shows up on my radar. If I sound like I'm only thinking about how thank yous affect me, that's on purpose. (laughs) The fundamental tenet I use in my coaching practice is stay in your own business. This single tool avoids 90% of conflict in relationships. So here's the discussion prompt for the thank you section of this workshop. Right now, I'm going to offer you a little script that you can say or adjust so it's comfortable to say to your sweetheart. Here's the thing. I want to be more thoughtful and grateful for the wonderful things you do to make our life nicer. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that there are a lot of things you do that I don't see. Could you tell me two or three things you do that feel invisible so I can be sure to up my appreciation game? That's the script. And you might be worried to say it because you're worried about stirring up conflict by admitting that there are things you don't see. But let me tell you that this admission is powerful because it shows that you care ahead of caring. You care enough to bring the subject to your sweetheart's attention, and then you're asking them, please help me by telling me what feels invisible so I can be grateful. Now your job is to be grateful. (laughs) If you're using today's podcast like a workshop, pause here and find the words that you want to say to each other about finding visible work and asking how you can up your thank you game. Number four, workflow. Otherwise known as you are not the boss of the universe. Let's review. We've talked about three things you can do to reduce conflict when it comes to chores in your relationship. Number one, Don't be the dope who doesn't see the work. In short, eliminate your oblivion. Number two, don't be a schmuck who benefits but doesn't contribute. Most importantly, don't sabotage your sweetheart's effort. Number three, say thank you. A lot. I absolutely cannot overstate the power of this habit. This brings us to number four. You are not the boss of the universe. Ugh! I am so sorry to inform you of this one. Wouldn't it be great if your sweetheart would just hop to it anytime you said, hey, let's get this done? But really, truly, be honest here, would you really want a sweetheart who is that malleable? Isn't it nice that your sweetheart has a life of their own? Except when you want the bathroom cleaned, right? Your partner might approach chores differently than you do. My husband wants to get jobs done as quickly as possible. I like to plan out the day, not just so that the chores were clear, but so that we were making a memory as we hang those Christmas lights. Two different people will have two different lists of what constitutes a life well lived. Consequently, while you might think it's easier to keep up regularly with the kitchen, someone else might want to wait and do one big clean. Chores and the style of how you get those chores done is neither right nor wrong. 
what will make for a happy life is mutual respect. You and your partner may not be on the same page in this regard. Being aware that your style may not match up with your partner's is important. Mess tends to wage more stress in a relationship than neatness does. So if your goal is a house filled with harmony, you might consider ways to accommodate the tidier person in your home, but not completely. (laughs) Sometimes tidiness is a coping strategy for other stressors. Some people can't control much in the outside world, so they compensate by controlling a lot at home. If you live with someone like this, I'm not recommending you accommodate that behavior. Instead, put your focus on making your sweetheart feel loved and safe. When people ask me what makes a successful marriage, my answer is usually some version of our favorite wedding vow. Outdo one another in showing kindness. It's human nature to keep score, to worry about what's fair, to see things through your own lens. If you focus instead on kindness... And not just kindness when you're happy, but kindness when you're cleaning the toilet, you will grow toward one another and deepen your love. So here's the questions for this section of the podcast workshop. When do you like to do particular chores? Are you more of a catch-up or a keep-up sort of person? If you're using today's podcast like a workshop, pause here and take time to answer those questions. Number five, chores build your relationship foundation. Every chore has a relational aspect. The fifth reason you and your sweetheart might argue over chores is about preferences when it comes to your relationship. I get lonely making dinner by myself. Do you? But if I'm vacuuming or cleaning bathrooms, I want to be left alone to listen to a podcast while I clean. How about you? What chores beg companionship for you? And when do you feel like help isn't all that helpful? Do you use chores to save your time alone? Chores to connect about your day? Everyone has a chore they don't mind too much, or maybe they even enjoy. Like, I like grocery shopping. I also like cleaning the kitchen. But I will do absolutely anything to get out of sorting the mail and handling any paperwork. When I told my husband this, he said, oh, I don't mind getting the mail. (gasps) Hooray! I think about all the years and all the hated paperwork I did, and all I needed to do was voice my distaste for the task. So what jobs do you absolutely hate? What are the jobs you don't mind? Can you and your sweetheart do some bargaining and divvy up jobs according to your preferences? But here's the thing. (laughs) There are some tasks that absolutely no one wants to do. At our house, that includes spinning the lettuce and washing the Ziploc bags. Everybody knows that these are the two dreaded jobs, so Anytime someone is willing to do either of these jobs, we make a big announcement. Hey, I'm spinning the lettuce. And we all cheer because we know that that job is at the bottom of everyone's list. It's amazing how much nicer it is to spin the lettuce when I get a cheer squad to give me my gold star. This section, number five, Ask yourself the questions, what chores would you prefer to do alone? 
And what chores are you, are there that you'd rather not do unless you have a companion? Pause the podcast here if you're using it like a workshop and have that discussion. Today we looked at five elements that contribute to arguing about chores. As a reminder, the five elements are, number one, invisible work. Don't be the dope who doesn't see. Give your relationship a reality check. What are the invisible jobs your sweetheart is doing and you don't see them? Number two, who benefits? You don't want to be the schmuck who doesn't lift a finger. Likewise, you don't want to complain about how your sweetheart doesn't help you when you're the primary person who benefits from a chore. Number three, the neutralizing preventative power of thank you. When you say thank you to your sweetheart, you make their invisible work visible. You let your sweetheart know how much you appreciate their efforts and how much benefit they bring to your whole family. Number four, workflow. Remember, you're not the boss of the universe. Things don't have to happen on your timetable. Take into account your sweetheart's different rhythm. And number five, chores build relationships. Chores are foundational to building your relationship. Make your preferences known. Do you like doing the dishes alone while listening to a podcast? Do you hate cooking alone? How can you and your sweetheart be good relationship teammates? David and I used to argue about chores a lot. These five things help us and have helped many of my clients to transform arguments into real discussions filled with kindness and curiosity. You can have real conversations about chores too without it being a source of conflict. When I speak to widows and widowers, it's that luscious feeling that life is shared that they miss most. Regular chores are a huge piece of what makes them miss their sweetheart. They're doing all those chores alone. I believe in your ability to cultivate connection when it comes to shared work. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to do a chore that your sweetheart typically does. There's no harm in having chores assigned to each person so long as everyone in the household feels good about the way the chores get divided up. But here's the thing. We all like it when we get a week off from our regular chores or even a singular chore. If your sweetheart typically is the cook in your household, announce that you've got dinner covered tonight. Even if you don't cook, I'm betting you can open a jar of pasta sauce, boil a pot of water, and chop up some veggies for a salad. If your sweetheart is always the one on carpool duty, maybe you could use a mental health day at work to take on that job. The reason I'm recommending you do one of the chores your sweetheart typically does is so you'll appreciate your sweetheart more. When you do the job, you see all the details involved. You notice how icky the stovetop gets when the red sauce splutters, and that inspires you to be more self-aware in the future. Or maybe you realize carpool is a great time to chat with your kiddo and you bond better because you got to hear about the details of the lunchroom drama firsthand. One warning here. 
beware the unintended consequence. One time David did my laundry and didn't know that I hang things to dry instead of using the dryer. As a result, my clothes shrunk. It was a sweet idea, but it did have negative consequences. So if you're taking over a chore, make sure you're clear that you can't mess something up as you try to do a kindness. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to do a chore your sweetheart typically does. One of the tips I've gotten from longtime married couples is to have a support system of friends for your relationship. Who do you want to invite into your support system? Send them a link to this episode and invite them for a coffee to chat about chores and how they're doing things at their house. We've arrived at our date night discussion segment. If you've been pausing the podcast, this section will feel like a review. Here are the five discussion points gathered together in one place. Number one, don't be the dope who doesn't see the work. So the discussion prompt is that there are invisible jobs you do in your home. Make it known to your sweetheart that you want to hear about them. You want to know how much time your sweetheart spends on a task. Additionally, you want your sweetheart to know about your invisible work. Ask your sweetheart about their perception and be curious to know what they really think. You might discover your sweetheart sees a lot that you do. They just haven't figured out how to thank you or how to share the burden. Remember, this is a workshop. You're gathering information. If you're tempted to fall into a discussion that sounds like, that's not true. Last week I spent two whole hours cleaning the kitchen after a mess you made making dinner. That is not helpful. If that's how you're handling this discussion, stop now. Put a time on your calendar that you and your sweetheart can have this conversation with curiosity and open minds. If your sweetheart struggles with that, ask them if they'll listen to this podcast before you meet or consider hiring a coach or a therapist to help you. The purpose of asking your sweetheart about the invisible jobs is so you don't fall into the oblivious dope category. And so that you don't allow your sweetheart to be an oblivious dope. You want to see each other and see the contributions you each make to your life. Discussion number two, don't beat the schmuck who benefits largely but never lifts a finger. So the discussion prompt here is that as you look at the list of jobs you created in step one, now determine who benefits. Is this benefit something you value? Ask yourself and ask your sweetheart how you'd feel if it never got done. Discussion number three, harness the power of thank you. Here's a script you can modify for yourself. Here's the thing. I want to be more thoughtful and grateful for the wonderful things you do to make our life nicer. I'm a little embarrassed to admit there are lots of things you do that I don't see. Could you tell me two or three things that you do that feel invisible to you so I can be sure to up my appreciation game. 
if you will initiate a discussion like this, you will totally change the way you and your sweetheart argue about chores. And warning, if you've argued a lot and you've contributed little, the above script might be the permission your sweetheart needs to unload. If you sense that or you experience that, try adding these words up front. We argue about chores a lot, and that makes me sad. I want to do better. I want us to do better. I want to talk about this, but I'm afraid that if I initiate a discussion, you'll just start yelling at me. I'd love to have a conversation when you feel ready. I'd love it if we could have permission to start over in our relationship and explore our past with curiosity and build our future with hope and kindness. Discussion number four, workflow. Remember, you are not the boss of the universe. So ask your sweetheart, when do you like to do particular chores? Are you a keep up or a catch up sort of person? What other workflow questions do you want to entertain with your sweetheart? And finally, discussion number five, chores as a relationship builder. What chores would you prefer to do alone? What are the chores you'd rather not do unless you have a companion? And how can we best be companions for each other when it comes to chores? As always, I want to know how this goes for you and your sweetheart. Which of the five tools helped you the most? Which discussion surprised you when you heard your sweetheart's answers? Text me at 970-210-4480 and let me know. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.